Hey, welcome to Fishtown Local Podcast, and I'm with one of my favorite people, Jay McLaughlin, sculptor, poet, and incredible sailor. He taught me almost everything I know about racing. And that being said, he is going to school us on one of Gloucester's most unique and interesting places, Beacon Marine Basin, located in East Gloucester. How are you, Jay? I'm doing well, Gordo. You're very generous with your your intro. I, I read poetry. I don't write poetry. I've, uh, basically, I've been a woodworker uh, all my life and um, done some wood sculpture, but it's mostly furniture and many, many staircases. And uh, the, my intro to the to the uh, Beacon Marine Basin is because I left New Hampshire under sort of a cloud, a bad marriage that said you've got to desert, and so I I left the state of New Hampshire and I said I'm going to check out Gloucester, and I drove into town, drove all through town. Was this in the fifties? This was 1963. Oh, okay, and. I went past the Beacon Marine, and there was a sign outside of it. It said, studio apartment available, workshop space available. Oh, my God, right. Just what I needed. <laughs> so I went in, and I talked to Jackie. To ja Jackie runs right. it now, but yeah. Jackie's dad. The son, right. Yeah, uh, John Alexander, who is one of the nicest people I've ever known. And a war hero, a pilot, he an was ace. A, he was a, a fighter pilot during World War II. And uh, he he ran the the place uh, as a boatyard repair boatyard, and um, also had about twenty rooms available, twenty studio apartments, and so uh, he gave me a really good deal because he could use somebody to do special repairs on the boats. In in those days, there were mostly wooden boats, mm -hmm. fewer uh, fiberglass. Uh, I also varnished masts and form uh, the wooden masts and, and uh, so as I worked into this uh, situation I got to know the characters that were there and that was unbelievable. Now was the fish market there when you... His dad ran a right. fish market. Is uh, that where ring leg furnishings fish? was? Up on the that's eastern where, point that's end? That's where it is yeah. now right. and that's where the fish market was. Was, right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We uh, had a, a guy named Jack Bedell who was an optometrist, and he had previously been a merchant mariner, and, and he was an absolute delightful character, good friend of Sterling Hayden's. And oh. every time Hayden came to town, he'd come over and see Jack, visit with him, have a few drinks with him. And, of course, we all got to meet Sterling <laughs> Hayden. And, and he was a race car driver, too, wasn't he? A yeah. pilot, a race car driver, movie actor, yeah, yeah. all of great, the above. Yeah. Wait, I want to interrupt and just tell, for anyone that doesn't know where Beacon Marine is, it's kind of a little self-contained city, almost, that's in East Gloucester. And suddenly, on the right, all the buildings disappear, right past Duckworth and East Gloucester Square. And you'll see that beautiful, iconic, white long shed building that sticks out yeah. and then it's both a yard 
but it also, as you said, has about 20 wood apartments. But the boats that are there, they, <laughs> some of them are so old that they're still just rotting in their spots from the 70s where the guy didn't pay the bill and just left the boat. And uh, it is such an amazingly interesting place. And there's a wonderful old crane, ancient crane oh, that's, that's right. there because they, in World War II, they <laughs> put, right. uh, they, 1945. They put uh, yeah. engines and shafts into PT boats and some tugs. Did they? Oh. And they had a big machine shop also in the, in oh the, uh, in the building. But um, the, uh, the guys were, uh, uh, my neighbors were Billy Lee on one, oh. one side, who owns a uh, heating element company in Danvers, and on the other side, Peter Anastas. Oh my God. And so I was very, very fortunate to meet uh, Peter as a writer and a teacher, and he, uh, he introduced me to Charles Olson and Vincent Farini and, and Bayless, Jonathan Bayless. Oh, and what a time, too, for and, all yeah, of that. And the Gloucester. Early, the early 60s. Yeah, yeah. And so I got to know those guys a little bit, and uh, uh, Bayless really well. And that was just a delight to have that intro oh. into into this Gloucester scene, the art scene. Oh, my but, God. But, and people might not remember, but 128 had just opened probably yep. then and before 128 opened it really was another country gloucester yeah. i mean we were so distinct from boston it wasn't even it was an island yeah Absolutely. and it was also by then that was an hour and a half away not an hour away on those old roads yeah. well one of the most exciting things that happened to us that billy and i were uh poking around out on the wharf where it's covered Billy Lee or your Billy son Lee. Billy? No, right. Billy Lee. Okay. And we found a 1906 Palmer launch made in Coscob, Connecticut, with a one-lunger engine in it, and the garbage had split out, and, the, and uh, it was a total mess. All the varnish was awful. And so we inquired about it, and a guy named Terry Sanborn owned it, and he didn't want it, so he sold it to us for 500 bucks. Whoa. <laughs> and I hauled it, in the sh hauled it into the shop, and we took it apart what was needed and fixed ribs and fixed the garbage oh and uh, revarnished all the beautiful mahogany. It was uh, uh, 17 feet long and the engine, we got the engine um, nicely, uh, we took it, took it apart and got it rebuilt and repainted and everything and there was a character down the street. Um, uh, what was William Taylor? William he Taylor had, had the, the garage, garage and he right. knew yeah. about one lungers. We didn't yeah. know anything about them. Yeah. But he taught us how to to prime it, put a little oil in it, turn it around. And the funny, the funniest thing about uh, the 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 whole operation was once we got it restored, we were going to have a launch party. And we, all the women, there were, must have been 40 people there. The women were all dressed in uh, beautiful white uh, frilly costumes. Did they Nin have parasols? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> 1906. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. See, and, and w the men all had boaters, straw boaters, and we had little black bow ties and vests and everything, and we get in the boat. Now, i got to tell you, one-lungers in those days didn't have a clutch. They didn't uh -huh. have a neutral. So you were either going forward or, or reverse. Yeah. Well, we got the boat settled in the water, and Billy and I got in it, and we primed the thing like we we're supposed to, and we closed and gave it a couple of spins of the flywheel and, and then cut the compression in. And because we hadn't checked 
which way it turned. We shot ignominiously <laughs> in reverse under the dock into the mud. While everyone was watching. As we finally we, we pushed ourselves out and oh, got it going terrific. and then went out for a nice little harbor. Thing. And you, I can just hear your laugh. <laughs> oh, it was just great. You must have been be, laughing. Be, because, you know, people were taking pictures. And it yes. was, <laughs> but we had fun with that boat. We used to take it to Marblehead, and I, I even took... Um, uh, and I'm quite an interesting man, Sam Samuel Elliott Morrison, oh, around the Cape, famous historian, the famous historian yeah. around Cape Ann, and we we timed it so that the tide was just right at Dunfudgeon, so the tide took us to the Anascombe River and then took us out through the cut through the thing. Yeah. And he was thrilled. Yeah. And I had to put a little one star admiral's flag on the back of the thing of that to complete everything. Oh, that's and well a lot of people don't realize that the canal runs in two different directions right. until you get to the middle point yeah. and then it switches the other direction and so, it, so he, he he was thrilled with that trip. He wrote it up for American Neptune really? out of Salem. Yeah. Wait, well what happened to the launch? Oh, we finally sold the launch in uh, 69 to uh, a, a, a guy named Fritz Lufkin, who took it to Lake uh, oh. uh, Lake Champlain. Oh, like, yeah. So the realtor, you mean? It's still running. Is it the realtor, Lufkin? Yeah. Fitz Lufkin? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There yeah. you go. Yeah, he loved it. Well, I want to just say something about uh, Beacon Marine because I boated there for about 12 years yeah. in winter sailing. Yeah. And I remember seeing you all the time working there and uh, John, Alexander, and Jack. By the way, what a team they were because they always played good cop and bad cop, right? Yeah. It was always, oh, gee, Jack's going to make that decision. The old man would say, oh, I got to talk to my father. So that when they make the deal, they always had the hedge. And then you You'd wait. But their whole MO was you had to go in. You mm -hmm. couldn't call them on the phone. Right. You had to make the deal in person. Oh, and yes. depending on how Jack, the younger, was feeling, that was your price. <laughs> and you could have paid this last year, and this year could have been twice as much or half as much, depending on how he felt that day. That's right. But he was awfully kind to us because we, yeah. we raised some hell. Yeah. We, worked, we worked hard, but we drank hard, well, too. Well, that's right. Well, you also respected his game because the oh, old yeah. world... The old rules were, if you came in to work on someone else's boat, the yard got a piece of oh, that sure. price. Of and a lot of people fudged that and tried to sneak it. And you always were up front. Because I remember John Alexander would say, no, no, you got to be like Jay. you got to tell us what's going on. Okay. Yeah. Well, i got to tell you that some of the stories that were a little uh, wild. We found a couple of old bathtubs. Uh, in the junk pile, and we plugged all the holes of the two bathtubs and made a bet, a race between Lionel Cormier and myself as to who could paddle across oh Smith God. Cove and get to the rudder. And off we, and he had to drink four beers on the way. Well, off we go with paddling with tennis racket. <laughs> and we had life jackets on, luckily, because yeah, yeah. of course, when we got in the middle of Smith Cove, some, some boat came by and the wake was enough to wash over the rim of the bathtub. And we, we, sat, we both Did you both, both say, you were, were you bailing? While we bailed, we were allowed to bail, but the, the other two oh, bathtubs are still the there. Of Smith Cove. <laughs> Oh boy! Oh, and, um, I got to tell you one story about <laughs> about Arthur. He was a bus driver, and he had the record from Boston to New York for Greyhound when he did worked with Greyhound. In terms of time, you mean? But in terms of in fastest terms of run, time. yeah. But he had a 
run around Cape Ann uh, also, but he also drove a school bus. And one time I saw the school bus stop out my sh outside of my shop window. I could see the road from where I was. Right. And Arthur puts the red lights on the, and, and the sign out saying, don't pass. Oh, right. And cars are now piling up and the kids are screaming inside the bus. And Arthur walks in, waddles in, and goes right to my icebox, grabs a bottle of vodka that was there, takes a big swig out of it, and waddles back out to the, and he says, Oh, those little bastards that drive you crazy. <laughs> and he gets that people are honking and the kids are screaming and then off he goes to, to Rocky. <laughs> the good the old days. <laughs> those were the old days. Now, was your shop on the bottom floor? Yeah, it was right in that building. Where, uh, uh, where Bob and Dave are now? No, no, no. Oh. It was on the face of the of the beacon. Yeah. And Jack, but is that where the clothing store is? No, never. No. It was oh. a forge in there. Yes. And, oh. and Jack had his... Portion there for a, for oh, a long time. Well, it's so, I don't know what to say. It reminds me of something medieval when you're down in that basement. And some of those pipes oh, and those joints, absolutely. they're like so World War II, you know? Absolutely. And it's, oh my God, that place. I, I find what's hysterical about Beacon is when I was boating in that back float, way mm -hmm. around the back, and it wasn't one they really wanted to put money into. And every year, the float would get a little lower and it would have a few rotted products. And he would just take another piece of plywood and pop it up on top. And it got to the point where <laughs> then that plywood would go down and the thing was sinking into the thing. And I guess the marine growth went under there like a tooth. You know, it was like a big like underhang. It went down eight feet. Mark, Mark Sheldon told me that. He said like when they took it out, it was, oh, it was like 60 years of growth under the thing. They used to drive their own pilings with a, with a jet, oh, yeah. uh, a hose and a pipe, and then they come along, and they drive them next to wow. another piling, and it was a, quite an operation. Wow, yeah, because now they use the big guy, you know, the big barge. One of the uh, other interesting stories i got to tell you is that we just, uh, Peter and I decided we were going to have a uh, pop art was just coming into vogue. We were going to have the festival of the pop art, <laughs> and we made strange sculptures out of all the junk that we found all over the place and a uh, we had a guy that was visiting from San Francisco he was a Buddhist and he was a young monk but he had a saffron robe and he had no you know bald and so we put up a sign saying see the guru burn the guru <laughs> would, this there was a lot of self-immolation going on oh, right. from, from protest remember the Vietnam in, thing in yeah yeah and so we had a bunch of firewood and everything with a wooden chair in the middle of it and a can, empty can of gasoline next to it. And he was going to self-immolate at 2 o'clock. And we charged people uh, to see this, and some morbid souls signed up for five bucks apiece. And so 2 o'clock, uh, at, at, at 10 minutes to 2, he comes out in his saffron robe and very solemn face, and he sits on the chair and... Uh, of course, at 2 o'clock, he gets up and leaves, and we gave everybody their $5 back. But it, it, this was our mentality. Of that was a happening. A happening. It was a happening. It was, it it was part of the pop out. And part thing. of the art was people could examine their own motives in giving you the $5. Yeah, it's like, yeah, here's yeah. your money. Hope you feel good. Yeah, exactly. Back. Exactly. Oh, that's but great. that's the kind of fun thing that we had, and it was just uh, really, really uh, Crazy. Uh, you tell me when we're 
because I got one story that I got to... I would just keep going if I were you. We're not, uh, it's really your timing. Okay. Um, one time um, that uh, Arthur took us, I, I don't know if I should tell the story, but he's long gone, but he, he stopped by at, in the, the evening and said, you guys want to take a ride around Cape Ann in the bus? I'm finishing up my last thing. And so we grabbed a bottle of vodka and got on the bus and started singing singing crazy songs. And off we went, and this little old lady, she stopped for this little old lady. She took one look inside and heard the songs and said, I'm not, I'm all right. That's <laughs> like Ken Kesey on the he, boys on the bus. He screams around Cape oh Ann through Rockport. Oh, my God. And luckily didn't get, Yeah. we didn't get stopped. Cause, and then drove us all the way back and dropped us back off again. I mean, that was kind of... That, that is was so funny. Well, that. those were the days. Yeah, and Gloucester yeah. was just smaller, simpler, less crowded. You could do that stuff. Now, what's that story you told me on the phone there, that one that no, was... No, I'm not going to tell you. Oh, okay, that was slightly off color, but it was pretty good. Yeah, I don't but think that I'm not going to do that okay. one. But I will tell you about uh, getting part of the, part of the uh, fe festival where the cardinal comes and blesses the fleet, right. the blessing of the fleet the blessing festival. Of the fleet, yeah. Well, I had been to Morocco, and um, I was there for six weeks. Uh, and when I came back, I had a, a thing called a, a, uh, a jellaba, and it was a flowing a cape, a flowing white cape that went down to my feet. Yeah. And I had a, quite a beard at that time, and the um, guys put me up to this. They had a thing called uh, Jesus shoes. Do you remember them? I guess I don't. They were long fiberglass. They were about seven feet long, uh, not fiberglass, but styrofoam. Oh, so you could walk on water? Styrofoam things with your uh, cups for your feet. Your feet could go in on the top. And down on the bottom, they had these, these, these half circle cups that uh, half a sphere that you could go forward, but then they would catch water when, you, when you'd walk. And you could walk slowly on this thing, but you could walk. It wasn't easy. But you, so I, I, they, they, put, they took one of their boats and put me off at uh, Donald Euston's fish plant. And I, luckily, I, so I'm walking on, around the corner to get blessed, and luckily, it was very slow progress because the cardinal um, had just finished his blessing so that that was over and everybody was cheering and some of the fishermen looked up and see, hey, I don't believe it. Look at this. <laughs> he did his blessing and it worked. <laughs> and, 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 and at the, just before uh, I got really got in trouble. Um, the guys came by and picked and me gotcha. up. So there wasn't yeah. another because the wakes, all the wakes as they left the blessing, you know, would probably <laughs> scotch you, right? <laughs> but that's 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 the kind of crazy. You know, I heard that, that the guy had. who invented the paddleboard said, "Yeah, I was at the blessing of the fleet back in, uh, and I saw this guy on these Jesus shoes, and I came up with the idea of paddleboarding." <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I just want to say, I remember racing against you, and I got to tell you, um, you had an intuition and a knowledge of Gloucester 
let's call them idiosyncrasies that have stuck with me to this day where people I race, now that you're no longer out there, um, they're like, where did he get this? And of course, I always say, Jay McLaughlin. And you taught me so much about when the wind is from here and it's there, so I always take the Eastern Point Shore. And if it's not, and it's to the right of 180, I always go out to sea. And blah, blah, blah. It was great. I use them all today. Well, I really, I really appreciate that credit. But what I've seen is that uh, not only did you sail every day for a year and even in ice and even in rain and snow and storms, but you you did it every single day for a year. But uh, it was amazing to me how you personally developed. It does. It's not. It's not my credit. You mm. personally developed your racing talents over the over the years. Well, I had to get the expertise to then go out and believe it, because you have to learn it all yourself yes. when you've heard it. But when you've heard it and then you see it happen, it's in there. For good. Well, the most remarkable experience that we ever had was we were racing in. There was a regatta in Hingham. Oh, I yeah. think it was the na the nationals. <laughs> And so we single-handed we were going to take our boats. Four of us, right? No, I thought it just was two of us. Uh, I thought it was Cal and nope. Fred, and they got separated. No, nope, no. Nope, oh, okay. Nope. Just, the just two, you and I. The two of us. Okay. They didn't want to go because okay. the wind was blowing twenty. That's right. They 20, were they were twenty knots, and it was blowing from the north. That was another and, one. And there was uh, there were five foot waves. Yeah. Six foot oh, waves. Oh, it was foggy. It was. And so I made a. And this was before GPS. Yes. This is just. You have a compass, and you have a, 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 a watch, and you have a chart, right? And and knowledge of knowledge of dead reckoning, what we call deduced reckoning. So we started off, and we knew that it was a spinnaker run. You couldn't make it unless it was a spinnaker run. Now, single-handed in a thirty-foot boat flying the spinnaker was is not easy to begin with. In waves and breeze waves and fog and <laughs> dense. Dense, dense fog. Ah. And so Gordy and I start out, and uh, I laid a course to go to Newcomb's off of Marblehead and then cut jibe and cut in to Nahant and pick up the buoy in Nahant and then jibe again to get the entrance to Boston Harbor because that kind of broke the trip up into three mm -hmm. uh, nine-mile legs. Mm. And... When we got to Newcombs, I realized that it would be too dangerous to jibe. So I said, we're going to change our plan and go directly to Boston, Boston right. Light. Yeah. No, right. to Boston Light. Oh, to Boston Light. Light, right. Yeah, and I said, now, don't get separated. Whatever we do, mm -hmm. don't, we don't want to get separated for safety's sake. And we uh, were lucky. We picked up a, a tug coming out of Boston, Remember? so we were we knew we were on the right. And he course. was coming head at us, as I recall when we, we had saw to get him. Out of his way. We had to get out of his way. So it was one of those good news, bad news things. No, it was yeah. terrific because yeah. then he, we knew he we was knew, coming yeah. from because you landing. brought us right in on the beam, as they say but, in the I airplane. I said now. We got to watch out. I think it was Graves Light. Uh, we That's got, right. Got to watch out for the light, and I we knew the signal and everything, and uh, we got going and got closer and closer and you said i think that's the lighthouse <laughs> and if it was we were headed for the rocks <laughs> right. and it turned out to be the entrance buoy the light yeah. on the entrance oh, yeah. buoy <laughs> we dropped the chutes went in there and it was one of the greatest oh, experiences God. don't you yeah. agree? i remember it well and i remember you know it was sort of 
tense the whole six hours. I oh, remember being yes. kind of like not able to relax till well, then. Well, you couldn't. Yeah. You were committed. And spinnakers, it's hard to stay near each other when you're solo with the spinnaker because yeah, yeah, the yeah. first thing that goes wrong, you just have to go up and fix it and then you're gone from the other guy. But we, but we were. And I had no chart. So we, I was terrified of getting separated from you. That's right. Yeah, I knew the compass course, though, so that was good. <laughs> oh, yeah, we yeah. talked about it, but it was that was oh, one yeah. of the most thrilling accomplishments that we ever did on yeah. two tens. Oh, yeah. Well, I also have respect for you because um, some people get to retirement and they sit there in the deck chair by the pool or just sit and watch the football games. No, Jay has an excavator. And Jay has a beautiful property that's multi-leveled and it's filled with these gigantic boulders that used to be the foundation of the old barn that yep. began, that belonged to Marston the barn. Marston family. Bef before that, it was, yeah. it was uh, Marble Barn. Yeah, and it is on Marble Street and uh, it is absolutely gigantic and Jay built a house in there, and now he's decided he is going to make a rock works. And he has this incredible excavator that all the, very popular with contractors to There's almost like a miniature steam shovel with a backhoe and a big, you know, yeah, plow. Blade. And Jay has been working this thing. <laughs> it's absolutely amazing. And, uh, you know, so I was like, whoa, what's he doing now, this 80-year-old? Oh, he's out moving the stones to build Rome. <laughs> you know, <it's> like, <laughs> So I'd like to tell everyone to go see it, but I don't want to spoil your privacy. <laughs> oh, anytime. But I do recommend that everybody in our listening audience go stroll through Beacon Marine. Uh, who knows how long it's going to be there? Of course, I've been saying that for 40 years. But it is the most exciting. Like, tell them Gordo sent you or Gordo and Jay. And they're pretty nice mm -hmm. in there because uh, sooner or later, all roads lead to Beacon. <laughs> and, uh, and I encourage everybody to do that. Um, and I really appreciate you coming today. Well, I can't thank you enough. This has been delightful for me to reminisce about the old days and, uh, and what you and I have seen <laughs> a lot together. Yes, we have. Not even talking about church. <laughs> We've seen a lot of wackos. So thank you very much. Well, I appreciate that. I want to thank my engineer, Jim Capillo, who is without parallel. And I just want to also say as I fade out, this show is about topics, but it's about people. And Jay McLaughlin is one of the people you want to meet in Gloucester because it's what makes Gloucester what it is. Thanks a lot. We'll see you next time on Fishtown Local.